Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. shoulder out. How? Well, I thought I was agile and flexible and able to kind of stretch in new directions until I took it upon myself to do a cartwheel at a party the other week. (laughs) Brilliant. And it's not until you kind of force yourself to do these new manoeuvres that you think, I'm not as agile as I thought I was. So uh, love that. I thought it was very fitting the topic we've got this week about um, enabling team agility. So from your perspective, Devs, how often are you hearing the word agile being used? In the old days, it would be about your physical agility. Now we're hearing about agile workplaces. So how much of a hot word is the word agile in the world of work at the moment? Whilst it's been around for a little while, I think it's growing momentum because going back to what you talk about, about being flexible. I think it's sort of linked in with that. So that ability to just pivot quite quickly. And I know we heard from Chris, who was our guest last time about how you have to suddenly just quickly pivot and change your direction. So people are now picking up that word of agility and agile and being able to have that in your head as you are looking at things, maybe from a different you know, different viewpoint or through a different lens. Because, you know, as you always say, Law, before COVID, you know, be- prior to March 2020, all of those things we thought we knew have suddenly shifted completely. So I think it's becoming a bit of a buzzword at the moment, for sure. Yeah, I can see that as well. Um, and our focus for this month has been about how to set up for success rather than stress. That's the bit in kind of brackets. So uh, where last week with Chris, he just reminded us of um, almost like the evolution of what does success mean and taking some time out just to kind of redefine that. So then uh, it's uh, kind of focusing on kind of what you want ahead rather than all the things that might not have happened that you kind of sort of thought. So redefining success. This week, the focus is all about, well, how about kind of when we work with others? So how do we enable team agility? And I'm so looking forward to hear in the conversation that you've had with this week's guest, which is a long-term friend of mine, Simon Cordwell, who is an Agile coach, capital A, capital C, and I think he's going to give us some really handy insights. So this goes out for anyone who's feeling like they've got a lot on, they can recognise there's a need to be able to shift and change how they work. Um, I'm sure Simon's going to give us lots of practical tips about how to actually do that in practice, along with other people as well. Hello, everyone, again. This is the second in our series around setting ourselves up for success through the month of lovely September. But this goes beyond. And our guest today is going to talk about how we can be agile with a capital A, which doesn't just serve us through September. It can serve us throughout the rest of the year and beyond. So I'm very, very happy um, to welcome Simon Caldwell to our pod today. So hello, Simon. Nice to see you. Debs, how are you? 
I'm very well, thank you. So good, give good. us a little bit of a flavour about who you are, what's your background and and what do you do? Yeah, sure. So Devs, uh, yeah, so I'm Simon. I am an Agile coach. So um, what is one of those? It's someone who coaches organisations and individuals to work in um, Agile ways of working. Um, so Agile with a capital A. And I've been uh, doing this now for about four or five years. Um, before that, though, I was heavily involved in IT. So my background is all IT from the 90s onwards. Um, and and during that time period, I guess there were a number of thoughts that came into my head that I didn't have a way of amalgamating them all together. And then when I got introduced to Agile, all of a sudden the light bulb, it was the light bulb moment. It was it went that moment. Off, and that's exactly what I've been trying to think of about how to improve my work, how to improve the work of that I know, questions that have never been answered to me. Uh, and, and, and that really was, was how I got started in Agile and, and, oh, and it, just, it just clicked. It just went from there. I love mm. that because um, I know we're looking at enabling the team agility as well. So part of this is thinking about the team and you, as you've just said. And I know when I looked at agile coaching and what does that mean? And I love the fact it's got a capital A and a capital C. Um, but I know that part of that is around, um, isn't that their belief is that two minds are better than one, no matter how different. Um, and I think that was something I picked up a little while ago working with an agile coach years ago now and I thought oh, actually that's quite cool two minds are better than one absolutely no matter how different they are so how does that work how does that play out in the world today when we're looking at enabling our teams to be more agile yeah so um let's let's take it back a little bit further than that I guess and just yeah. explain what agile is and, and and agile did come out of IT um originally from software yeah. development but that does not mean that it's IT specific anymore. There's an underlying mindset there, um, which is really the key to it all. And if you have that mindset and you have that understanding and that 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 way of working, then mm -hmm. that's what becoming agile and, and and how to improve your working environment is. Right. So where it's uh, where you're talking about two minds coming together to think as one, have a think along the lines of in 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 modern work, no one person can know everything. It's absolutely impossible. True. It's too technical, even if if you're not in IT, there's too many aspects going on, um, too many um, left field events happening that no one person can can sort everything out. So the idea is to is to enable your teams, to trust your teams, and get yeah. them working together, um, and and amongst them, then they will come up with the best ideas uh, yeah. to, to to forward work and to continuously improve. talk about having the right mindset what does that even look like if i go back to the origins around about 2000 2001 um, a bunch of software developers big names in the software development world came together and they argued a lot they all went off to aspen <laughs> in colorado they argued a lot and all they managed to get Brilliant. out of it was four values and 12 12 um, principles that's all it is and if and the the underlying idea is that if you follow these principles and these values um, then then you will improve work and you will improve um, everything about work so you won't just improve the the environment for the people that are doing the work but you'll improve the um, the feedback given to stakeholders you'll um, you know you won't have that death march they'd like to talk about this a lot where you think of the 
the Spanish galleon where everyone, or the Roman galleon where everyone's rowing as hard as they can and they're getting that uh, that whip being whipped across their backs. So there's there's the ability to work indefinitely for an indefinite amount of time. Um, that's that's one of the principles. Um, the the, uh, the my favourite is that you maximise the amount of work not done. Oh, and what I it like mean, that. <laughs> what you what it means by that is that you only concentrate on the important stuff. There's always going to be too much work to be done by any team. You could employ everyone in the universe and all it takes is one more person to have an idea and that's more work than can be done. So so concentrate on the important stuff and get rid of the unimportant stuff and make everyone happier. Make everyone happier. So if there was a lesson that we were to take from just that, what would be your lesson to us listening in? So one is that um, you have to have a good um, strategy and vision as an organization upper management really need to understand the point of their of their um, of their purpose uh, and of the organization's purpose and on the basis of that then you give the the people who are at the coal face the people doing the day-to-day work you give them guidance on what they're trying to achieve and what the value is of what they're trying to achieve so once you have that, then you can understand what the prioritization is for the work. Going back to what I already talked about, there's always too much work. So just concentrate on the stuff that produces the most value. Yeah. And and I think that's amazing, actually, when you think it makes sense, right? It's such a s- simplistic approach, but so yeah. important. How do people start to actually start to think that way? One of the big issues that you see with teams who aren't working in agile ways is the ability to say no. Right. Okay. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's culture. A lot of it is culture, um, particularly in the UK. You find it less actually down here in, in, in New Zealand and in Australia, but in, in the UK, it's very much a case of know your place. Um, you know, you will do this because we employ you to do this and we are, we are managers, we are the hierarchy or whatever. Therefore you do, you know, what you're told. Whereas um, from an agile point of view, it's a case of We've employed you. We've taken you through, for example, three rows of interviews. We know that you're the best because we hired you and we interviewed you. You proved to us that you're the best. Now get on with it. And 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 servant be be a servant lead to those that are working in the teams and, and make sure that you lead them by giving them guidance and and structure and vision. Um, but at the same time, enable them to do their job. So get out of the way. They're, they've proven to you that they're the best. So just get on with it and let let them let them prove that how easy is it for i suppose you're right the the culture um that goes on it the previous this is what how i've learned from my manager my leader this is how mm-hmm. i they've learned from theirs how do we enable that to really happen what does yeah. managers leaders need to think about to enable that to happen yeah uh, trust right yeah um prim- primarily you you it, 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 it's uh, it's I think sometimes it's a it's a it's a generational thing yeah where it, it's that bums on seats kind of style of management where if you're not sitting in front of your desk and COVID has proven this to be incorrect oh my gosh uh, yes <laughs> yeah that uh, if you're not sitting down in front of your monitor or at your desk doing the work then you can't possibly being useful to the organization so trust people especially in thought work so yeah, IT obviously is very thought work based. So uh, where a lot of thinking needs to happen um, right. and a lot of actual action, action is 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 minimal. Um, then then trust in in those people 
that they're doing the best job for you uh, and also create an environment which allows them to do the best work as well. So uh, make sure, again, that the that they have that vision, that they understand the point of, of uh, what the organization is there for and what the organization is, is, is trying to achieve um, and then allow them to, um, to, to, to create their best work. Another principle of Agile is that self-organizing um, teams create the best work. advice would you give to people to be able to create that environment? Mm, yeah, so one of the things about Agile is that you have to understand and admit that the world is constantly changing. So trying to aim for a status quo, a, a, a perfect position for your business to be in is, is, a, is, is a wrong path move. It will never achieve it because even if internally you create that situation, externally, it's all changed over time. Change is the only constant. So, you know, on that on that basis, enable um, teams to uh, be in a position where they can produce small amounts of work which deliver value, and to check in regularly with stakeholders to make sure that they're doing the right work. And if not, then they change direction and ensure that they do. So you've got that constant um, um, feedback loop. Um, you know, a lot of agile. If you look at Scrum, which is one aspect yes. of uh, of agile, I did um, look at that, Scrum, and I went. Are we playing rugby? Yeah, it was like that's what <laughs> popped into my head. So yeah, explain Scrum to our listeners. So it's called Scrum because the co-founders, uh, Ken Schwaber and uh, Jeff Sutherland, um, saw a rugby game going on. They're both Americans, but they saw a rugby game going on and they saw that the way that the forwards in particular, so from a Scrum, um, worked together as a unit to move the ball upfield. And so that that's why it's called that. So you you enable the team to do its best work. Um, one of the One of my annoyances about people who who haven't discovered agile in the first place that it's come science that they consider it to be some kind of uh, newfangled hippy dippy way of working but when you have a look at the people who actually created scrum and and are also co-writers of the agile manifesto they come from a military background you look at um jeff sutherland for example he was a he was a reconnaissance pilot in, in the vietnam war he flew over over enemy territory he got shot at and his basis for scrum comes from the ooda loop so yeah, um, okay yeah we use uh, the old, yeah laura loves the ooda loop yeah. yeah. <laughs> so observe, orientate, um, decide, and act, and and that's so. So yeah. How do you do that? You you allow a team to to um, to try something for a small amount of time. Then you analyze it. You check the results. Look as if it look to see if the results are what you expected. If not, um, uh, you know, orientate and decide and act on that. Yeah, I love that. And if there was a lesson from that that enables people to do that really well. And as you mentioned, the feedback loop, because whenever we're working with people, um, you know, you sort of mention the word feedback and everybody goes, oh, you know, takes a big sharp intake of breath. So we always use, we're not using the F word, but if there was a lesson that enables people to be confident, comfortable, assertive, live up with the principles, the values, what would the lesson be there that enables that to happen? Um, there is a great statement by a gentleman by the name of Norm Kurth, and he's come up with something called the Prime Directive. So it's not Star Trek, um, but it, it's and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it comes it's it's wording along the lines of we understand that everyone did the best work that they could based on the information they knew at the time and the tools that they had. So you create this this environment that allows people to 
to to experiment and to test and to develop and to fail easily, knowing that it's safe to do so. So you create a safe environment. You allow people to try things, because if they won't try things, then you'll never get that continuous improvement that you're aiming for. And people will just sit at their desk and they'll they'll do what they're told to do. Yeah, which is your bums on seats, right? Which is your bums on seats, and all around them, the business over time will be failing. Yes, exactly. And it, and that's when we, you find that, um, certainly in my experience, people will either move them on to another part of the business and get rid of that person um, yeah. or exit them very kindly or not out of the business. And it's like, ah, you could have invested in, in them to enable them to be better, right? And the people who are really keen to improve matters are the ones that will leave of their own it, accord. Absolutely. Because they'll, yeah. fi- they'll find an organisation which, which fits in more with their beliefs. So what would you what would your advice be for people to set their teams up for success? Never plan too far ahead. Oh, I love that. Go on, tell me more. Anathema to me are Gantt charts. Yeah, oh, so oh my god, I hate a Gantt chart. <laughs> well, let's go back to when they came around. Yeah, Gantt charts were used in the First World War. Right. Wow. That's, nine, that's over a hundred years ago. That's a long time, too long. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think they were even invented before that. If you're using dark satanic mills ways of working. I would suggest there is a new world out there to to use. So never plan too far ahead. That doesn't mean you can't have a strategy and a vision. And it doesn't mean that you can't plan as well. So sorry sorry to carry on with the the military aspect, but Eisenhower came... You know, Eisenhower came out with a classic about um, plans are worthless, but planning is everything. You know, so, so plan... But understand that that plan can be disrupted from as soon as you start it, and then and then. So what is what is what is next step, next step? How do you inspect? How do you adapt? And that goes back to the feedback loop again. And I think a lot of people forget that because they work so much in the moment, don't they? Mm-hmm. And and go, oh my, or they go way over to well, in twelve months I'm going to achieve my OKRs, my KPIs, my SLAs, whatever you choose to call them in your organisation, right? Yeah. And it's that bit that you just think, wow, we've got so much focus way, way away that we're mm-hmm. not actually thinking about the here and now. So how, what gets in the way of people not planning um, and not, if you like, moving away from the Gantt chart? I love that. This is, I knew there was a reason I didn't like Gantt charts, so now I know <laughs> what it is. Um, what, in your, what in your experience sort of gets in the way of people wanting to do that? Uh, fear. That's a major one. So f- fear on on multiple different levels. So maybe a fear for you know, I'm, I'm looking at an organisation as a classic point of view, like a like a team of workers with a man with middle management and exec above that. So um, you know, fear fear of individuals and of teams to try something new. Fear of middle managers to suggest. Um, that something different will 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 succeed because we've always done something a certain way. It's always been done that way, so we've got to continue doing it that way. Um, f- um, managing upwards—that's yes. a classic. So that's a fear, big one, isn't it? Fear of being seen to fail. Um, fear of loss of influence, um, empire building, uh, <laughs> ego, you know, yeah. ego, silos, yeah. um, you know, or, or fear on so many different levels. Um, so that, that, that's the, that's the major thing and all, and, and, and historical culture as well. Uh, and, and we touched on it slightly before. So a generational thing and, um, you know, so, so 
um, youngsters, for want of a better yes. phrase, but those you know, <laughs> either at university or fresh out of university these days, um, are are not bounded by the same by the same constraints that those of older generations mm. had. How do we help people within themselves um, be more agile in approaching that? How do we help them? Try to work out whether or not it's discussing with your environment, your your mm-hmm. hierarchy, or your or your you know your peer group, your co-workers, about how you can try some thing, small things, very small steps. That's the yeah. most important thing. The, making small steps is at least forward steps. Um, yes, that's because true. Because you know, if you're not doing it, if you're not making not making any changes, then you're actually going backwards because yeah. all the rest of the world is making changes. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So put in place an environment that allows you to um, to try experimentation, yeah. try hypotheses, look to improve um, the current scenario, yes. um, and um, and and but but fail safe. So fail if something safe. doesn't nice. if something doesn't come out the way yeah. you expected it to, it really doesn't affect anything. Just try something rather than do nothing. You know, because both are a decision, right? So I want you because I know a lot of people that I certainly coach and, and you probably find this as well in your role. I get asked, how do I manage upwards? What would you suggest? Frame it in a sense that you want to try something new, mm. but here are the potential risks and the potential benefits. So what could go wrong? What could go wrong if we stay as we are? And what benefits could be achieved from from, from attempting this change? Yeah, and having, I suppose, that back to trust, right, is coming, I mean, we know that's the foundation of everything, but that ability to be assertive in yourself, know yourself, to know that, actually, I want, I, I, as you went back to saying, you know, we employed somebody for a reason. We didn't employ them because they were rubbish at the job they did. We employed them because they were good at what they did. So, yeah. you know, if that person's now sharing their thoughts, ideas, um, thinking about the problem and the solution and the risks, then that's what you want in somebody, mm-hmm. isn't it? In part of your yeah. team. You want self-motivated, self-organized groups and individuals who want to make a difference. Full stop. You don't need to say more. You don't need, you need, you need to make change. And I go back to this time and time again, because whilst you're not making, making change, your competitors are, and other organizations are, and the company that isn't even on your radar yet certainly are, because they're not bounded by your bricks and mortars and your background uh, legacy ways of doing things. They're brand spanking new. So you have to compete with that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I think you're right. And I know there was the big talk, wasn't it, the great resignation and people were making choices to to say, actually, this isn't right for me. So I'm going to go and find where it is, isn't it? which is fascinating. I love it. It's going to be a complete shift, which is just amazing, I think, when we look at what that is. So I suppose, um, think about that's if we're enabling our teams to be successful, but how do we apply this again to our everyday lives? Because obviously we have uh, listeners that are really keen on wellness and being mindful and, and the well-being element that we also work within. So what, again, what would be that lesson for people from an agile with an A um, in our everyday lives where it can absolutely help us? What would you say? One of my favorite um, of the 12 principles is that you work at a pace that you can continue indefinitely. Oh, okay, nice. Um, so, or infinitely, however you want to phrase it. So, the last thing you want are people who do burnout and do so much work that uh, eventually they can either do no more and have to leave or um, or even worse things happen to them. And and on the basis of, of outside work, what Agile can do to, to teach us in our modern day lives is that work should not be the be all and end all of what you measure your worth to, to, to yourself and to society. It is one aspect of who you are. 
I'm completely with you. We talk about the life work balance and yeah, you you just got to look after yourself in the middle because you can't look after others if you don't. But if anybody um, wanted to explore more about what you do, I know you're based in New Zealand, um, mm-hmm. but if anybody wanted to reach out and explore a bit more about what does this mean? How have you made this happen? What role mm-hmm. do you play? How do they reach out to you? Yeah, LinkedIn. Okay, cool. Track me down on LinkedIn. Track you down. We'll make that, sure we That'll do. be the best place. I don't have my own website or anything cool. like that. So yeah, if, you, if, you, if this is interesting to you, get hold of me on LinkedIn. I'm there. I hope you have a really great rest of your evening, day. By the time we're recording this, it's my morning, your evening. Um, But I really appreciate your time with us, Simon, talking about setting up for success for September and enabling our teams to be more agile in the way that they maybe think and approach things. Um, So it's been so fascinating. I really appreciate your time. So have a good rest of the day. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Deb. You're welcome. Yeah, take care. Bye. See you now. Bye-bye. Debs, I loved that. And I can already think of um, scenarios that I face directly, conversations we can have with teams where those little nuggets can then really kind of help teams. Um, how did you find that um, that conversation? Yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually, because it just made you look at it from a different perspective. So that ability to see a whole project through, I think, from, you know, making sure that the teams are right, making sure that you can um, be agile in your approach, um, being able to create a space that does drive improvement, I think, um, which was really good. And I think that um, this transitioning piece, I think, um, which he talked about as well, about from existing working practices into maybe new and better ways of doing it. So I just love that approach just to think of it differently. Yeah. There were three main things. You know, I like things in threes. I know you like things in three. Three bullet points. (laughs) Three bullet points. Times by three. That's your course. Done. Um, So the three main things that (laughs) I kind of took from it that I just found really liberating, Debs. The first thing is just that very mature recognition of there is almost there is always too much work to do. And the quicker you can accept that, the quicker you can then do something with. And, and his, his phrase that just stuck out for me was, you could employ every single person in the world. All it takes is someone to have one more idea and you've got too much work to do. So to maximise the work that you don't do. And I think that can be really useful for teams who are, or individuals who might be really hot in terms of how they uh, work agilely when they're in project mode. But it's the business as usual, the operating sort of normal days that actually can sometimes be the sluggish aspect of work where this work can just build and build and build. So bringing that agile mindset to all areas of kind of work, not just the kind of the new innovation projects. I thought that was really liberating kind of links with that is uh, I'd never heard it put so clearly about how you've got to set up ways of working in a way that is sustainable, that you could work like that ad, you know, ad, ad infinitum, because otherwise at some point something's going to break and then you've just got all of that energy to try and sort of hold things together. And the third one then is kind of just some reflections really about there's an interesting balance, isn't there, between being agile and that continuous improvement mindset. But at some point, you may have to be managing expectations of someone else in another part of the organisation about predicting 
deadlines, timeframes, you know, kind of drop dates, etc. And of course, that's where that human bit in the middle, if you might be someone in, in the way in which you work, where you've got, you're working very agilely in one part, but you've also got to predict and give certainty to, you know, shareholders or stakeholders in, in another. So I think that's quite an interesting state to be in at the moment of we want to be, of course, flexible and flexible and agile. But at some point, <laughs> you've got to have some kind of release date or, you know, some kind of deadline. And um, so my kind of share the secret would would be whether it's yourself or whether it's someone who you're working with who's feeling a little bit overloaded at the moment. And actually, if you found this a refreshing, as you said, different perspective around how to work in an agile way, then get them to listen to this. And then it could just prompt some real empowered conversations around how to not only work faster and smoother, but in a more kind of um, uh, uh, agile way that enables us to achieve more with less strain, you know, that's kind of carrying that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that links really nicely into, you know, as you know, you know, it's a great coaching conversation, but if there's no action, it's just a chat. So my my call to action, I think, around that would be around his, you know, if you the more ideas you add into the mix, the more you're less likely to do it. So I would think I would ask people to consider when you're making a decision about something, get creative about it. So rather than keep adding to the pile of ideas, just take a step back and look up and go, do I need to do that now? And question it, because you probably don't. So it can be pushed back into the back burner or not at all, so that you're absolutely focusing on what you can do in the moment. Oh, I love it, Debs. Um, So the wonders about this kind of different guest each week in this particular focus is sometimes just hearing people from different parts of of work with different roles and kind of different perspectives. Um, If you're doing less networking in your life kind of naturally now for whatever reason, or maybe you're kind of back in the work game after a bit of a break, it's, uh, you know, it can be really refreshing and confidence boosting just to hear a variety of different perspectives. Because sometimes the longer you're in your own industry, the less perspective you have in terms of what some other norms and kind of standards are. So really looking forward to next week's one, which is where we'll be joined by someone and uh, the conversation I know you're going to have with them is specifically about inspiring others to succeed. So you might want to work in an agile way as a team. You're kind of fired up in terms of redefining that success vision. But how do we create that environment where people want to um, succeed? Um, Not in a kind of carrot and stick way, but just that from that intrinsic point of view. So I know we'll get some real practical takeaways from that as well. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for that one as well. So yeah, it'd be a good conversation like it was with Simon as well. So definitely learn something from it. So I'm looking forward to that, Law. Yeah, massive thanks to Simon. And uh, I'm going to think on those agile techniques next time I am dared to do a cartwheel. <laughs> yeah, think <laughs> to about see that first, I Law. <laughs> I think I might, yeah, I think I might take a step back and reflect. Do I need to do that? Maybe I should do I maximize need to do that it. now? Yeah. yeah, maybe I should maximize <laughs> the amount of uh, cartwheels that I don't do. <laughs> <laughs> Love that, Law. Well, look yeah. after yourself, won't you? Yeah, have a wonderful, agile week, Debs. And, you uh, too, Law. I'll speak to you on the other side. See you in the next one. Take care, you. Love, Love you. you. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a Spotify listener, give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others.